Hi. Hi, I'm Rodney. I'm one of the, the hosts on this here podcast. How are you doing today? I hope you're doing well. It's about to get better because we're about to get back into this conversation with Sydney with part two. Here we go. I write what I'm inspired about and love inspires me. I think it's easy to be vulnerable about love. And I think that it's a huge part of our lives. And so to me, like, that's what I reach for. You know, I have a a new song coming out that's about turning around a bad mood. So it doesn't always have to be love, but it's I'm writing about things that I really care about and really speak to me. How long did it take you to figure that out? Have you always known? Have other people known? Oh, like, man, no, it took me a while. Yeah? It took me a while. I mean, I do remember friends would come to shows. I, I started do, playing shows when I was probably like 15. And so I remember people would come to shows and they'd say, oh, you're going to go far. But looking back on the music I was writing then, like it was terrible. I took voice lessons in high school. And I had a polyp on my vocal cords. It's like a, a nodes. Bump, I guess like nodes. <laughs> nodes. Nodes is way more intense. <laughs> We're pitch perfect I, nerds, and if you know anything about pitch perfect, oh, she had nodes. <laughs> and anyway, she did have nodes, yeah. and luckily I didn't, so I didn't have to get surgery. Oh, um, but because I didn't have nodes and I had a polyp, I couldn't sing for three months. Oh. So in my voice lessons, we would work on writing instead of singing. And so that's like where I really started writing and where the love for writing grew. I think for a really long time, it took me a long time to get vulnerable. I think that's why my music is so descriptive and why it tells such a story is because like, I'm basically sitting there in my underwear, right? Like you, you know, like what street I met the person on and what bar we went to, stuff like that. So I think it it just took writing for years. But once I hit the moment where I was like, not only am I ready to be vulnerable in my music, but I now know that I have to be vulnerable in my music. Um, that was kind of where it clicked. And I'd say that was in the past, like the last four or five years. I always used to just, I would sing and a lot of people would tell me, it sounds like you're just singing. Like, I want you to connect. I want it to feel like you're actually in the music. And I didn't understand for a really long time. It, it wasn't anything about technique. It wasn't anything like that. It was really about connecting to what you were singing. Like, what are you singing about and why? Before we go deep on that, I want to go back. So you said there were music, there were voice lessons in high school. And you did start doing shows at 15. So, like, who, how... Did that happen? Was there, did you have enough belief in yourself to be like, oh, my voice can't, like, it's good and it can go gooder? Yeah, you're welcome. It can go gooder. English. <laughs> or did your parents or did somebody else say, hey, I think you can hone this? At what point did you or have you built a confidence in your own ability to even just sing, even before the writing came in? I think the passion and the drive for music was always like deep down inside of me. I just, I needed to pull it out. I was the shyest child like you would have ever met. 
if you knew me when I was like five, you would think I was a completely different person. And once I would say at 11 at summer camp, like I was playing the guitar and I decided that I really liked that. There were little things, steps along the way that like pushed me out of my comfort zone. And because I loved music so much, I was doing it for that. And that helped me to, to really like make the leap. And I just, I know my, my voice teacher encouraged me to play shows and my parents were always and are incredibly supportive. So I think it was just, there was something inside of me that was like, I'm going to do this. What's the next step? Playing a show. And yeah, I mean, now I'm like, I would consider myself to be outgoing. I can hold a conversation. I've come a long way. It was really the the passion for music that pushed me out. So you're going to go far when you were younger. People would say that to you. How would you internalize? Like, would you even process that? Did you even understand what that meant? I think I just took it as support and I was happy people were showing up. You know, there were people that I knew. It wasn't, you know, there were a few strangers here and then would come after a show and and say, oh, you know, I really loved your set or or whatnot. But it really, it just helped me to keep going because it was positive feedback. Obviously, I don't want to be surrounded by everyone who tells me, oh, you're amazing. You can do it. Sure. But I am so glad that I stuck with it because I've the, the writing throughout the years have it's really like incredibly different. So that positive support around though is important. I have found, and then Keith and I have collectively found that having people that believe in us more than we believe in ourselves sometimes is really helpful to push through the moments where it's like, man, we're not seeing like the response or the subscriber, like we're not seeing it, but there's other people that believe in us that has been really helpful. Have you found that? Yeah, I definitely go through the waves of being discouraged that, oh, I didn't get as many followers from this song or this many new fans and it gets you down. So I do think in those times, like having people who do lift you up that is incredibly important. I personally think it always comes down to the craft and how passionate you are for that. And so that you can take, you know, I always say like, if, if something upsets me, if I hear a no about something I really wanted in terms of music or something like that, I let, you know, I give myself a few hours to be upset about it. And then I brush it off and you do something else that maybe you'll go in a different direction in terms of the craft. And so I think it's fine to have those moments. Without those moments, you can't have the the drive can't come back to to want to do it again. You um really closed the loop on the story there as it was going through my head. Cause I especially think at early developmental ages, having that external support and like that you're good at this, you've got this, you've got some talent is super important. There's always the narrative of you gotta just believe in yourself. It's like Yes, then you might just become narcissistic because you're not actually (laughs) doing anything of value that anybody gives a crap about, but you just think you're the greatest, you're you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. A little oblivious. Yeah, exactly. So there is that balance. And I think you nail it right there at the end is you have to believe in yourself and you have to believe you have something. 
I don't know what that something is, but I have something. And part of that belief comes from people saying, you've got something. Another part of that is purely internal. But the external validation to say, yeah, you know, I'll tell you my, my opinion is it's not very good. If you believe in yourself, it gives you the space to say, oh, okay, why? And now I can learn from it to do better versus thinking, man, I suck at this. I'm the worst because I got this one piece of negative feedback, right? Yeah. And I think on the other side of that, you know, whatever it may be, let's just stick with music. It can be so hard to feel like you're in this alone. And so if you have that one person who really believes in you and who can give you advice and who can lift you up, you don't feel like you're just here by yourself and you're your only fan. And I think that's incredibly helpful to like keep yourself moving. Are you your only fan? I'm just kidding. You're pretty awesome. So it's all good. <laughs> you got a fan. I have a here. question on fans actually, because you were just saying like, oh, I didn't get a lot, of, you know, this, this didn't get me the followers or the, the plays or subscribe like whatever like what's your take on tracking numbers do you track them do you not does it get you down when you do it does it get you up it's so discouraging and it's i i feel like i'm a little bit of an old soul and i would have loved to be making music years ago when there was no social media I think social media is an amazing thing. It is a helpful thing. I mean, look at what's going on right now, you know, in the news. Like, it's very helpful. People have built businesses, but I also think it is absolutely terrible. And so it's been a struggle for me. I find that I sometimes have a hard time putting who I am. I think my music is all about me as a person, right? So if you become a fan and you want to listen to my entire EP, it's because you maybe enjoy me as a brand, right? Some people put out singles and you just love that specific song and and you're like, oh, she's a great singer or he's a great singer. And so sometimes I do struggle with that on social media because it's all about numbers and it's all about what you wear and how you look but I really do try and make the effort to make a TikTok every few days or keep up with, you know, my Instagram. But it, it can be so discouraging and it's a shame. Yeah, it's it's that it's goes back to the whole validation, like what's positive and what's constructive and what's negative. And social media can be negative almost all the time even when it's positive because it can give you a like oh i went viral maybe i went viral because i suck you know if you remember if you ever watched tosh bueno and his uh his uh web redemptions so i want to go to vulnerability how long so you said you really started to get in you know really embrace the vulnerability the last four to five years how long did you know it before you were ready that you needed to be vulnerable? I think I didn't know it until I started writing in that way. Like I said, for years, my voice teachers, or if I would go into the studio, people would say, it's, it, it sounds like you're just singing. And I also think it took me some time to experience real life. 
you know, like I was writing about real emotions, but I definitely wasn't, it maybe it wasn't something I wanted to share up, up until a certain point. And so, yeah, I think I started writing in the, the way that I write now. So more of a story, a little bit more detail. I also like my influences changes, changed. That was, I think, really eye-opening for me to see other people do it. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's what I like about their music. I'm going to try that. How did you know when you were ready then? I don't know. I think I just, I think I just did it. I, I'm a pretty open book. So I think once I maybe experienced a few more things, I realized that I had more to say. Maybe that's what made me ready. You know, I wasn't just writing another song about the same guy. I was writing about New York City or that the shooting that happened in Orlando years ago. I wrote a song about that and my feelings on that. It's it was about like just taking different ideas or different things that I I felt and writing about them and they didn't all have to be the same topic. And I think that was really important for me too. Do you ever have a struggle with wondering who are like who are you to share your take on things? Do you ever have that? Not really. I I don't think I'm sharing things that are you know I'm not I'm not sharing things that are maybe political. I feel like they're more emotional. I mean, I write a lot of love songs. But I I just think that songs are most of the time people write songs and they say things that you feel but you didn't know how to put into words. And so I think someone can always relate to a song and if not, you're on to the next one. If that's how I express myself and I'm I'm not writing songs that say, you know, go to the going to the beginning of this, like I'm not writing songs saying you're right and I'm wrong about XYZ. It's really their stories, their things that happened in my life or watching things on on the news and feeling a certain way. They're my opinions and my feelings. They're your facts. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm always curious and never asked, um, how do you decide what to write? A, so you say you write a lot of love songs. So like why a lot of love songs and how do you decide like what you're going to write a song about? I write a lot of love songs because I'm a hopeless romantic mm-hmm. and I love I love. those days. <laughs> <laughs> I write what I'm inspired about and love inspires me. I think it's easy to be vulnerable about love and I think that it's a huge part of our lives. And so to me, like that's what I reach for. You know, I have a a new song coming out that's about turning around a bad mood. So it doesn't always have to be love, but it's I'm writing about things that I really care about and really speak to me. It's never just if I write about friendship or something like it means a lot to me for me to like bring the words together and put it on the paper. How do you turn around a bad mood? Yeah, I think... There are the times where you need to just sit in your bad mood, but I also think that, and I I learned this a lot in the last year, being stuck in a studio apartment, get up and take a walk, put on your favorite song, you know, 
go in and buy yourself, I don't know, a candy bar or coffee or something. <laughs> Who says candy bar anymore? <laughs> hey, you know, they're a thing. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. So I, I think there are ways to not want to just stay stuck. And that is, that's important to me. And this song is called Bucket Hat. And it's kind of like, I wear my bad mood, like my favorite bucket hat. Like I put my bucket hat and I'm feeling good. I'm feeling fine. And I'm just going to walk out the door and rock it. Like I'm going to rock this bad mood as if it's not a bad mood and I'm going to turn it around. How do you, that's dope. How do you determine when you should get up and get out or do whatever versus just sitting in it? I think it's random. I think it's really about like how much energy do you have to make the effort to turn it around. Sometimes you're just so upset that you're like, I'm going to lay in my bed right now and put on Netflix. But it, it's a conscious effort, like totally. Yeah, indeed. I'm going to go back to vulnerability for a second. Since you've been putting songs out there that you feel are sincere and genuine to who you are, how does that feel now that you've done it and you continue to do it. it. It feels amazing. I think I feel excited when I can put that feeling into words because the second when you can like take that sadness and actually make it something someone else can read, that's really exciting to me. And it's how we can all relate. Right. Like I'm not going to put out a song that's completely unrelatable. There's no fun in that. Keith, that would be our album. That, it would totally, <laughs> you'd be like, what are you guys what are they about? What? Higgs boson? What? I just made a song about quantum theory. Get the what hell out of here, bro. I'm sure a lot of people would like that. <laughs> no, not the way we would not do the it. Way we would do the it. way we would do it would yeah. be the most. It would just be like we would attempt to sing definitions yeah, well, and like, but complicate I, them further. I feel like you guys need like a little segment song about, <laughs> about it. Boson. <laughs> well, this, yeah. I think, I think this brings up a good this point. This is your Higgs Boson moment yeah. brought to you by Keith. Because this is actually a really hard thing for us is yeah. to put out stuff that other people care about too. Right? Like, we're really good at putting out things that we care about. But what we care about doesn't necessarily resonate with everybody. However, we know, like, this goes to that belief and that feedback. Like, we know this mission we're on matters and it's going to make a difference if we can put stuff out that resonates with it. Like, how do you know when you're putting something together that? it will it will stick with somebody else i think you know when it won't mm. i think that most of the time when i'm going through these emotions you know you get dumped plenty of people get dumped right oh i can write a song about how they just decided to give up like plenty of people can relate to that i think that it it is the time when, you know, I'm sitting down and I'm writing a song about a, such a specific thought in the whole story and such a specific feeling that it only relates to me. 
that when I'm done writing the song or when I've put it down for the day, I'm like, you know what? That is like so unrelatable and no one is going to be able to pick it up and sing those lyrics as if they were theirs. It's probably not. It's probably just a song that needed to get out so that I could, it could make its way onto the next one, which could be a really great song. What I heard you say is you don't really have to overthink it. The more you're overthinking it, the more you get away from like, and, and like you said, sometimes you need that piece that's like just talks to you and you need to, and hell, maybe you put it in an album one day, but overthinking it is the death to relatability. Yeah. And I think if I'm so compelled to write about it, it's usually a feeling that a universal feeling or if other people are going through those same feelings at the, at that time. I think it's cool that you said that you haven't really had that like impostery feeling of like, oh, should I be talking about this? And also that like you just kind of like you you found this place with vulnerability. I heard this billionaire talking recently and he said that most people don't know what it feels like to be able to speak their truth and like how empowering it is to speak it and not really care what other people think about it. Um, most people will never know what that's like. And it seems like at least at some level you have that and you get to share that through your music. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. That really jogged before when you asked me how, how did I know I was ready to be vulnerable? That for some reason it made me think about, I was making music and I was working with someone maybe like four years ago who there was a lot of pressure and there was a lot of like approvals. And I was like, this is my shot. I need to impress this person. And I would, you know, make all these songs. And basically this person would choose which ones were the ones that were going to be on the project. And I was playing three hour cover gigs and I was doing all these things that I was being told to do. And at a certain point, I it started to feel like a job. It started to feel like homework. And I wasn't really enjoying it anymore. And I decided to take a step back. And I changed up what I was doing. I changed up my job. And I you know, experienced a little bit more life. And that was the moment where I said to myself, okay, I'm never doing that again. I'm never letting someone tell me what to do. Unless if it really is going to just completely change my career in an amazing way, but I'm never going to let someone tell me what to do. Everything's on my terms. I put out the songs that I want. I sing about what I want. And that was the moment that I, like, I almost made a pact with myself. And there was a huge turning point in my music. And, and that's when like the lyrics you could hear, it, it really started to change because it was no longer about them. It was about me. And that's, I think, where I can say that I don't regret putting stuff out. I've never regret putting stuff out, I guess. Connecting the way you write songs and that whole putting it out for people to like. And I'm sensing this and maybe inferring, but I think I'm accurate. You still embrace the creative process to make the songs you want but you release the ones that you feel people will like versus losing yourself by creating music you think people will like. Exactly. 
Yeah, I mean, that was another point is I I love pop music. And if you've listened to my music, it's it's not bubblegum pop. It's I would say it depends who listens to it. I would say it's like singer-songwriter pop. It has a little touch of country. It does have a little touch of country, yeah. I love pop music as well. And so years ago, I was making electronic pop music because it's what I love and it's because it's trendy. But you can hear in the music that I wasn't being truthful. And you're compelled to listen to the stuff that I make now because it's way more authentic to me. How are you honest with yourself about this? I think it was the moment when I was working with this person that I was just talking about and I was doing these three-hour gigs and I really wasn't enjoying it anymore. And I had to I had to think back to when I was 15 and realize, like, I don't want to pick up the guitar today. And, you know, where did where did it come from? Where did my drive come from? And it came from listening to James Taylor and Carole King and playing the guitar. And, and so I started to inspire myself in different ways to get back into why do I love music and why do I love doing this? Do you mind if I ask you, because this is, we can cut this if you want, how old you are. 26. Okay. I was going to say 25. So you're well younger than us. And that that's relevant when you seem very connected to who you are. That space that Rodney said, that billionaire, most people are never going to understand what it means to feel that. And I agree. And I recently started feeling this. And how would you explain it to somebody? If someone were trying to find it and really doesn't, because the way I equate it to, it's like telling, it's like telling someone who's never had a kid what it's like to love a child. Like, I really cannot explain that to you. You just got to experience it. But this thing, not everybody's going to experience the love of, they're going to have children. This thing feeling connected, I think could heal the world if everybody felt that. How would you put that into words? Because I'm, I've been struggling to put it into words, and I'm curious if anybody else can. I think it takes caring a little bit less about what people think about you, and caring a little bit less about doing something because it's going to make you look a certain way, or because it's going to make someone think something differently. I. That's that's hard. I don't know. I, I think it's surrounding yourself with people who you love and who you feel like behind closed doors when you feel like your most authentic self. That you can you can do that with anyone out in the world. But I guess it is being comfortable with what you want for your life or where you see your life, your goals. It's hard. It's hard to put into words. Rodney, have you felt this? Like when I say that, and when you hear the billionaire say that, and you listen to Sydney, like, have you felt that true connectedness? In moments, I don't have it all the time. Uh But you know the feeling. Yeah. And I don't know if it's like the full feeling, but like, yeah, part of it, it is, and it's super dope. I think that's what, like, it's a thing I'm, I guess I strive for to get to. So that's why I ask you the questions I ask you, Sydney. Like, I'm curious. But yeah, I think it comes across, to me, it comes across when I, when I meet somebody who 
has it. For me, it's really fun to get to talk to them or like watch them or hear them doing their thing because it comes across in like it comes across in your music. For me, it's just fun watching somebody do their thing. Because it's like, oh, damn, like they're made for that. And like they're doing it. I don't know. It's just it's entertaining. And like that's the thing that I'm trying to trying to figure out for myself. And as Keith said, far older than you and still trying to figure it out. So it is always impressive to meet someone who's found that at an early age. Found it and or were, some people would say like we're born with it. And then we kind of we, 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 we lose it and then we hopefully come back to it. And maybe maybe you just never lost it. Like you seem to have been connected to it from a young age or younger age. And that's super impressive. Super cool. Thank you. Well, I also feel like. At least when you're a musician, when you're a creative and you're a musician, you're putting so much of yourself out there for everyone else that you almost like, I don't think that happens for everyone, but for a lot of people, I think you kind of fall into realizing who you are and you can have a passion that's not something creative. You can be passionate about cooking. I mean, I think cooking can be creative, but you can have a passion about physics and you can have a passion about running. And I think it's easier for someone who is, let's say, a musician, you're putting stuff in words every day. So it's kind of easy when you're putting your face out there to realize who you are. There's a component of how you described it because I think it's a common thing is not caring what other people think. And I not challenge your thought to challenge that thought generally speaking as a something that's commonly said, because I think when you're in that space, which you clearly are and finding the words to it is really difficult that people will understand. I think those words are something people can easily understand. It's not so much not caring what other people think. It kind of goes back to the Harkness method It's just accepting that they think something and it doesn't need to affect you. Like it doesn't affect you. It's like, okay, cool. Or maybe I can learn from that. Or, But you're so fine with who you are that what they think is their thought. It's just separate from you. It's you don't internalize it. You You don't embrace it. You don't make it hurt you. You don't, it's just like, oh, oh, I get it. Thanks for telling me I don't look good in this dress. I like it. Would, you know what I mean? <laughs> would you too? Okay, so uh, when you say it like that, like I'm like, oh, okay, actually I have experienced this quite a bit. I don't actually identify with the whole like not caring what other people think. I think it's more about caring about what I think more. I think I would be like, I don't know, we're human. Like anybody who says they don't care what somebody else thinks, I'm kind of like we're social. raising we an eyebrow. To, yeah. Yeah. Totally. I'm like, you're, yeah. you're like, come on. But... I think it comes down to like, what do you do about it? It's like, just put it in a bucket and it's like, all right, well, you know, have a good day. I'm going to keep Thanks for your thought. wearing my Appreciate orange you shirt. Yeah. <laughs> so from that perspective, yes, I very much connect with that. So that actually clarified that for me. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, and also Sydney, you said the putting it out there. I would 100% agree with that because doing this podcast, when we first put it out there, like it took me like half a day to hit publish on the first. The first episode took episode. Like four it's scary. months. It's scary. <laughs> super yeah. scary. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. nobody listened to yeah. it. Like who cares? Yeah. 
but it's scary because like they could yeah. and then you're mm-hmm. gonna get judged and I, and it's you you put yourself into something that causes that vulnerability it helps you on that journey to understanding who you are it really does it's, it's just like oh no okay and then you start caring less about the judgment right and i think those are the things that we need to care less about and do less of judge less well, you open yourself up to other people's opinions and critique and if it's something you care about and you want to get better then like you've got to be able to listen to some of that in order to figure out like which of it is actually helpful and i don't know for me like for me early on and even now sometimes like that is it's still it's painful like like yeah but i I don't want to change this. (laughs) Stop trying to change who I am. I want to write, put this out there because I think you've given me and Keith's like some wonderful guidance and I just want to put it on record. I'm taking liberties with what you said, but Keith, what we got to do is write songs that others can sing as if it's their Mm. own. There you go. And I think that maybe other people could take that as well. So before I ask a final question, First, want to ask you, where can people find you and where can they find your music? So my website is sydneylauren.com and I'm on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, everywhere you can listen to music, YouTube. And my social media is Sydney Lauren F, F is in Frank. And so you can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all that fun stuff and new music if it hasn't already come out it's coming out soon i will say all mine is a tremendous example of your songwriting storytelling ability thank you so that song means a lot you to me so thank you feel that song like i started listening and i'm like yeah yeah no yeah that makes sense yeah uh-huh yeah well, i see Aww. where this is going oh yeah oh yeah yeah been there been there yep oh yeah oh yeah so that's good thank you that's um and then the other piece is i just want to thank you yeah thank you for the time thank you for sitting with us thank you for getting real deep real fast (laughs) with us it's how we roll and wish you the the most success possible you too you guys this is awesome i love that this is like an open space and and I love how deep it gets. I feel like we don't have enough deep conversations anymore. So this is really fun. And thanks for having me. Thanks. Well, thank you. And then the last question is, what does compassion mean to you? Mm. I think compassion is giving someone love for who they are and accepting them and a big old bear hug you know if someone needs a little bit of extra loving treating someone with kindness and not judging that you know maybe someone's having a bad day that doesn't mean that they're a bad person you should still treat someone with compassion and not to be like super simple but a little bit of love Thank you.